Joining me right now, former California Assemblywoman Christy Smith facing off in a congressional race 12 days away against Republican incumbent Mike Garcia in California's 27th congressional district. And I want to tell you all, Christy for congress.org is where you can go to check her out and help her out. And of course, at Christy Smith CA on Twitter as well. Welcome to the program, Christy Smith. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. So I was explaining a little bit about the history of um, your having run against Mike Garcia and Katie Hill having won in the blue wave. This was the 25th district or that it's been redistricted and you're now in the 27th district. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. After redistricting, we're now the 27th. And the district had sh- has shifted just a little bit more uh, to the blue side. We picked up a few registration points of Democrats, but still, you know, it's a midterm. So we're not taking anything for granted, working very hard to make sure we get out every one of our voters. And uh, we certainly supported you in the special election uh, after Katie Hill had resigned. Uh, you uh, ran against uh, Mike Garcia. And then, of course, uh, in the general election, uh, this time, you obviously hope uh, to beat him. And and he has done nothing to really um, represent the people of the district in a fair way, it seems to me, just going further and further to the right, uh, including voting to overturn the election. I think that really shocked a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this race was so close last cycle, 333 votes determined the outcome. And since then, to me, there are days where that 333 has absolutely felt like 3 million. And you called it, you know, um, failing to certify the election, then failing to stand up and vote to support um, Capitol Police when they ask for more resources, you know, to secure our nation's capital in the future, voting against the Inflation Reduction Act, the Bipartisan um, Community Safety Act, uh, certainly very extreme on the issue of women's reproductive choice, in fact, is one of the ones who voted not to guarantee access to contraception. So he has this very warped MAGA worldview, which unfortunately has become the GOP norm. And as someone who he won't show up for debates, he won't talk to mainstream media, he'll go on Breitbart and Newsmax and OAN, but won't talk to regular outlets. Um, He absolutely should not be in Congress. He is a threat to our democracy. Yes, on that front, um, the L.A. Times sent both of you a questionnaire and your campaign sent back answers outlining your policy positions, which we'll talk about in a minute. And he didn't respond at all. Right. And this is the largest paper of record west of the Mississippi. So the paper of record in the Western United States, certainly in California. And he knows his views are too extreme to be presented in that medium. That's saying something. Well, and I know we have a lot of people listening. They call in, um, many from California, many from the district, too. I've, I've had people who've been working very hard to defeat Mike Garcia and have called in. So uh, just uh, know that there are people listening and rooting for you. You talked about his position on abortion. He also sponsored the Life at Conception Act. Um, right. It, it's really, I mean, he's at the forefront of the anti-choice movement. 
Absolutely. And it's so important for voters to understand right now that Republicans across the country, including Mike Garcia, have walked back their really extreme positions on abortion, reproduction, and contraception. But that Life Begins at Conception Act is absolutely their roadmap for a national ban. So all of the states like Kansas, like California, that are stepping up to codify and protect the right it will mean nothing if Republicans take the House because it is absolutely their plan. They have doubled down on it with Lindsey Graham's remarks, and they haven't taken the bill off the table. You have spent um, many uh, years working uh, for the people of California. You were an assemblywoman, certainly knowing the local issues. And you're running on uh, a platform of combating crime, preventing homelessness, obviously codifying abortion rights. Talk a little bit about the specific policies um, you're running on and what you're hearing from people in the district. Sure. I mean, first and foremost right now, of course, because of inflation, people are struggling economically. Uh, I live in a district where the majority of people commute, have the, some of the longest commutes in the country, in fact, to go from the north part of L.A. County into the city of L.A. for work. So when gas prices are high, it impacts them directly. And what I'm saying is we need to move much more swiftly and aggressively to infrastructure investment so that these folks have, first of all, reliable and frequent public transportation options, that we can um, make electric vehicles affordable for everyone. They're out of the price range for many working families right now. And that we do all that we can to help people with the significant pocketbook issues like their healthcare costs, like the cost of their food. We are seeing abundant evidence that what is happening right now with inflation in the United States, that over half of it can be attributed to corporate greed. And yet the GOP is presenting no economic plan to combat that, talking about stop gaps that we can put into the free market economy to make sure sure that our consumers aren't being gouged. They want that to continue. They just want to blame government. So it's, you know, to me, it's so cynical that the party that literally prays at the altar of the free market now wants to blame government for corporate greed. And certainly, as we're talking about all of these issues, inflation um, and the economy uh, as well, there's so much that Democrats and the president have done to try to bring down the cost of living and try to really help people. And all we're seeing from Republicans is, you know, a plan to hold the debt ceiling hostage, plans to gut Social Security and Medicare. They have no plan on inflation. I don't know if Mike Garcia has given one, but nobody else has. No, I mean, he's got an ad out that's him in front of, you know, one of his fighter jets, and we thank him for his service, but I, there's no plan that works that involves shooting inflation down. So he really needs to come to the table with something other than it's government's problem. And if he, like the others, think that, you know, ripping out from under retirees, the single most effective anti-poverty program in American history, which is Social Security, is going to do anything but completely upend our economy and put seniors out on the streets. They are woefully mistaken. Talk a little and, bit. Oh, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. No, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the district um, and some of the challenges when it comes to climate change, wildfires, um, some of the areas that are impacted, and and what you plan to do that, again, we're not seeing action from Republicans on. 
Sure. I, so critical in my district for two reasons. First of all, we're in a Southern California foothill region uh, that is plagued by wildfires year after year. So at one point two years ago, over 50,000 people at any one time during fire season were being evacuated from their homes. So now these people are living in areas where they can't get homeowner insurance rated because of the fire danger. Um, it is a significant challenge that people feel across party lines. And actually climate and environment is one of the biggest bipartisan areas of agreement here in this district. We're also a region here in Southern California reliant on Northern California water for our subsistence. And in this drought, we are really challenged. And so to address that, I fully support, you know, the measures that were part of the Inflation Reduction Act, single biggest investment in climate policy in United States history, but we have to do a lot more. And that includes expanding investment into water infrastructure, where we're going to start to see, um, particularly the eastern seaboard states, uh, faced with significant flooding and challenges of too much water and not enough water in the West. Now, it seems to me if we can figure out ways to move oil across countries and across continents, we ought to be able to do that with water and start to solve our country's looming water crisis. So there is a significant amount of work to be done. It does take investment by government and it takes people willing to make evidence-based public policy decisions and the evidence is clear. Climate change is real and it is getting very costly for all of us and will continue to have significant implications for the entire country if we don't keep taking direct action. We've also seen attacks on rights, um, well, across the board uh, by Republicans. Um, in Florida, they passed the Don't Say Gay bill. Other states are copying this, but now Republicans in Congress have actually introduced a federal Don't Say Gay bill that would prevent teachers and students from talking about who they are and certainly hobble educators in a way that makes them fearful of, of even uh, speaking about the truth. Talk a little bit about that issue and the challenges. Yeah, well, first and foremost, we have to get these political battles out of our nation's classrooms. We are losing teachers at an alarming rate and we are not attracting new young people to the profession. And we are about to have a significant crisis in our schools if we don't um, do something immediately, which also includes paying teachers better. But the marginalization of communities, you know, we see it with their dismissal of, um, you know, a reemergence re of the civil rights movement based on the George Floyd and Bre Breonna Taylor cases, um, the don't say gay measures, women's reproductive freedom, and a steep significant rise in anti-Semitism and misogyny. This is all part of their ultra-nationalist messaging that is meant to supercharge their base of voters who might otherwise also be disinclined to vote under tough economic circumstances. So they go to the most... Um, you know, kind of vile and base uh, instincts rather than trying to figure out ways to put forward a proactive agenda and bring our communities back together. It, it's simply wrong, but they are preying on that division as a means of stoking their own political fire. And I have to say in every public outing that I have had 
um, as part of my campaign, my town halls, my listening series. When I speak about the importance of knitting our communities back together, doing the important work of allowing people the space to talk to each other across party lines, that is by far the biggest applause line I get in every single forum I have been in. Americans are tired. They are sick and tired and fed up of being divided and having so much hate surrounding every conversation that we have. You know, good public policy is almost entirely nonpartisan if it's been being done right and being done based on evidence. And in this moment, you know, they just have found the bottom of the barrel when it comes to how they want to go about winning this election. And it's motivated by them simply wanting to be in power and not doing good work for the American people. And and similarly, um, promoting this great replacement theory when they talk about immigration and um, really talk about immigrants in the most vile ways, an invasion happening on the border. I know that's a concern of many people who are Latino who feel targeted um, by this right-wing agenda. Right. And, you know, sadly, my my own opponent is is from an immigrant family with their own immigration story, and yet there's not even a nod to first of all, the humanitarian aspects of what our immigration policy should be, which is that we have always been a nation that throws open its doors and welcomes people to come here for opportunity. But the very stark reality that, again, those who are part of the corporate interest set and on the roster of the United States Chamber of Commerce completely unwilling to admit what a huge contribution our immigrant community makes to the economy in this country. And so being unwilling to give them a path and a pipeline to become citizens, to pay into the system, to be able to reap the benefits of full American citizenship, it's, it's just, again, so cynical and so wrong in this moment. As you said earlier, uh, and, and this one last question, because I, I, I wanted to just hear what you're feeling. You talked about, of course, uh, having run against Mike Garcia before, a little over 300 votes uh, he won by. What are you feeling uh, and what are you hearing in this election that makes you think this is different, especially when, you know, we have um, a lot of, you know, prognosticators saying, well, it's hard in, in a midterm when the party in power, you know, loses seats and you know the whole drill. What makes sure. you feel this is it? I know that our voters that we're talking with understand how high the stakes are. And, and while they will say, yes, the economy is a little rough right now, but I do have a job, you know, I was able to get my job back after COVID and we're hanging in there, but they also understand how significant the rollbacks of fundamental rights will be if Republicans take the House. And it will be everything from voting rights to reproductive freedom to rights of LGBTQ uh, folks. And, and on and on. They are looking to roll back civil rights to an unheard of level mm -hmm. um, in the year 2022. The other thing that we're hearing, though, is that people are seeing through the misinformation campaign. The attacks they're lobbying against me is the same old garbage they trotted out last cycle, which is easily disproven by public documentation. And our voters are like, yeah, been there, done that. We've heard this. What? But what has he brought to the table? And, and that's the reality of it. You know, many of these Republicans across the country, other than a consistent set of no votes against every bill that was meant to help the American working family, 
what have they done? What have you done for me lately? The, the Republicans have nothing to show. I really appreciate your coming on and, and speaking with our listeners, and uh, we wish you uh, luck uh, in um, less than two weeks, 12 days. And I want to tell people again, christyforcongress.org uh, is where they can go and check out uh, your website and help you out, and also at Christy Smith CA on Twitter. Christy Smith, thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Christy Smith, at Christy Smith CA on Twitter. And again, Christy for Congress.org.